0: But if if I don't, if I'm not comfortable, I don't talk much. And I realize it's because I started feeling um, shame for what I had to say or shame Mm -hmm. for my perspective, especially when it was like swimming upstream, which is most of the time, you Mm know. Um, So my self-discovery journey, I think, started with rediscovering my voice Mm -hmm. years ago. I'm Erin Knight. Uh, I am located in Atlanta, uh, the greatest city in the world, and I'm a... 31-year-old serial entrepreneur in the music industry.
1: Everyone wants to be fully known and fully loved by someone, and some spend their whole lives searching for that person and never find them. Yet, there are a few who stumble on a valuable truth hidden in plain sight. The only human that can fully know and fully love you is you. And self discovery is the only route to the destination we call known. Welcome to the Known Podcast, where we listen to the stories of those who decide to take that journey. Hello, everybody. This is Nia, and welcome back to another episode of the Known Podcast. Today we have Aaron Knight with us. Uh, I have known Aaron for what a year now. Yeah, has it been a, uh, a year? Uh, okay, yeah, that's maybe. crazy. So I met Aaron at um, one of our mutual friends' houses. We played spades and just got to know each other. And then we really started clicking when we started doing yoga three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings, bright and early. And um, I don't remember the exact number of hours we got in last year, but it was a lot.
0: Yeah, it, it was, was like almost, I think, almost fifty hours. It was like forty-eight hours.
1: Yeah, that's that's major for me. <laughs> I don't know. me too. That's major
0: for You're you. You're a workout freak. That's super major yeah, for
1: me. Yeah. So we've gotten better at. Yoga over the years, but we've also had some really amazing conversations. And so I just wanted to bring one of our conversations to you guys live and in color. Um, this is one of the only podcasts of this season that is recorded live. So Aaron is here in my house, which is really nice in COVID, you know, but we're being safe and whatnot. Um, so, Aaron, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks. I'm excited and nervous to be here. I know. yeah. But
1: I'm so thankful that you're here. Um, so tell the people about yourself. What's your story?
0: My story. So I'm from the south side of Atlanta, which makes me a unicorn because nobody is actually ever from here mm-hmm. who lives here. Uh, and I love that about myself. That's actually like one of my favorite things about myself is that I'm actually from Atlanta, mm-hmm. the greatest city in the world. Um yeah, I'm the middle child, only daughter of pastors. Um, so I've seen a lot in my life. Uh, yeah, I played a lot of sports coming up and started my first business when I was eight. Mm-hmm. It was called Heavenly Treats. My <laughs> friend, um, she was great at making chocolate chip cookies. And I was like, oh, we should sell these after church. And then it turned into a whole like cake and cookie empire. Wow. We made $1,000 one summer, and then my mom shut us down because we kept leaving church to go set up our table. So that was a no-no to her. She was like, no, we serve God first, (laughs) make money second, right? But that started me as an entrepreneur. So, like, almost every summer after that, I had, like, Uh, some sort of like plan or, you know, I had like a mommy's day out camp Mm. for kids, all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I just I think I've always been an entrepreneur and I've always been a competitor. And so that's led me to like where I am now. Um, I own uh, a booking agency, a management firm, and now a label that I started during COVID because booking was my main source of income, tour Mm -hmm. managing, touring and all of that shut down. I lost more money than I had ever made the first week of (laughs) Corona. Um, So that was like, that was hard. But Mm -hmm. I was also like, wow, like I've never made this much money in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, I pivoted, started a label, uh, got back into like, getting investors and all of that. And so now that's like the new journey that I'm on right now is like owning a label and now having a staff. Mm. I just paid my staff for the first time last Congratulations. week.
1: Congratulations.
0: That's major. Yeah, yeah. So we, we were major. like, my business partner and I were like determined to start the year off, like paying everybody who works mm. with us. Um, Cause everything else was kind of like sweat equity or like, voluntary. Um, So Mm. September through December was like that. And then we were able to start paying people this month. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur, single woman. Um, yeah, I really love the Lord, but not because of my parents, I think in spite of my parents and the journey Mm. that I've walked through with them. Mm. Um, and I think like definitely one of my personal missions in life is to make like. Like, to be an example of, like, how relevant the gospel can be to everyday life. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I work in the hip-hop industry. Um, I work around a lot of, like, really unique, really interesting characters. I work in Christian music and um, in mainstream. So I get both sides of it. Uh, I started out in rock music. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do a lot of different things. And I think that people try to say, like, I think it's, (sighs) I I can't tell anybody how to live out their faith, but something that I see often is uh, people are, like, they, they list their, their accolades or whatever. They're like, oh yeah. And I'm a Christian. And -hmm. it's like, I think the basis of any of my accomplishments or like where I'm at is definitely Christ. And I don't Mm -hmm. say that to be like hyper spiritual. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? Like, I I just think that I I used to try to sprinkle Jesus in as like the, the seasoning, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: like He, he, he like made the field that fed the cow Mm -hmm. that I brought Mm -hmm. home. You know what I'm saying? It's like Mm -hmm. that went to the butcher shop that I brought home. Like he's not at all this seasoning. Like, yeah, he is. But in addition to that, he was the full foundation. You know, and I think that I'm like finally in that place of acknowledging that and realizing how foolish I was for thinking that it was Mm -hmm. anything but that. Um, And so for me, I think that like purposeful living is rooted in, like, my identity, and my identity is in Christ, and then Mm. everything else flourishes from that. Like, I'm super proud to be black. I'm super proud to be a woman. I'm super proud to be from Atlanta. But, like, the most proud that I am is to be a child of God, you Mm. know? And, like, to be known by Christ Mm. is, like, something that I'm, like, actually understanding what that means. I think people talk about it. I've been saved since I was four. I remember getting saved, Mm. like, and, like, what happened then, and it's been a bumpy road. It's not, like, (laughs) shit it is is, I'm not a super saint and I think that's like the journey that has brought me here where I'm like okay no like Jesus is the real deal you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying like and like I'm telling you like I've done everything from sold drugs to like worked in full-time ministry you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying like I've lived life um but I yeah just like no that God is real, but not just that he's real, but he's real to me and he knows mm-hmm. me, you know, and mm-hmm. like understanding how much he knows me has like, yeah, like really been the crux of my like journey over the last, I would say even like year and a half since COVID started. So, mm. yeah, uh, that's me. That's my story. I know I just made that long, but <laughs> that's Aaron Knight for you. No, you Aaron with the, two ends. Yeah,
1: Aaron with two ends. Get it right. Um, but no, you set the foundation for our conversation. I feel like people have gotten... To hear what your frame of reference is, what your worldview is, and through that lens, I want to hear a little bit about your self-discovery journey. What has that looked like over time?
0: Yeah, Whew. I think um, for me as a child, like my mom always talks about how verbal I was at a young age. Like she's always been like, you were speaking in full sentences at eighteen months. Mm-hmm. When you're ten, you don't know what that means. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, mom. When you're fifteen, you still don't really know what that means, but. When um, I graduated from high school, like I didn't want to go to college originally. And then, yeah, I became like a real estate agent for a minute. And then my parents were like, Y'all, you still have to go to school. And they were like, <laughs> we'll provide the roof over your head and meals, everything else you got to fill out, figure out. So I couldn't sell houses while doing school full time. And I only lived off of that for just a short period of time. So I started nannying, Right. So I was a career nanny 10 years until I went to music full time. And that's like what helped me like finance tours and like shows and like figuring out how to like become like an entrepreneur in the music industry. I used like being a nanny because I'm like, yo, this is like a lot of the freedom. I love kids, love kids. Um, And so as a nanny, when you're like, oh, an 18 month old baby is like
1: (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you start to get a different type of that's, understanding. That's
0: insane. Mm-hmm. So my mom used to say, like, you were speaking at 18 months, and people would always be like, is that that baby talking? And so um, I think that I've always had something to say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if it's because I was so young or maybe just, like, my delivery method. I'm just a different type of thinker. I'm very, like, straightforward, Um And with women, that's not typically what people experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially because I'm nice. So you can't categorically place me as a bitch, right? (laughs) You can't do that because I like people. I'm nice, but I'm super direct. Yeah. So I think um, that's something in my self-discovery journey has been been me refining my voice. Because Mm -hmm. for so long, especially at a young age, I was like, discouraged from speaking my mind or discouraged Mm -hmm. from my thought process or discouraged from my perspective um and I think I still had it I think that's something about me like I have this like I said competitiveness and like tenacity Mm -hmm. about what I do but I started to feel like uh other you know Mm -hmm. like for my perspective and the way that I saw life and so I have recently discovered um because I used to, I used to talk. I still talk a lot if, if if I know you and if I like you. But if if I don't, if I'm not comfortable, I don't talk much. Yeah. And I realize it's because I started feeling um, shame for what I had to say or shame mm-hmm. for my perspective, especially when it was like. Swimming upstream, which is most of the time, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So my self-discovery journey, I think, started with rediscovering my voice Mm -hmm. years ago because I'm a woman. I've been in leadership. Like, because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm always leading people. And then by nature of the music industry, I manage artists. That was my entry point into the music industry. So I'm in charge of adults. You're basically just a glorified nanny now (laughs) for adults, you know. Mm -hmm. And so because I have to lead consistently, and I, I was super rough around the edges, still am, but like learning how to like lead effectively without being controlling, but mm-hmm. without also acquiescing to everybody's preference. It's like, mm-hmm. no, like this is what we're gonna do. This is why we're gonna do it. You can get on board or you can't. Um, I think that for me, realizing that there's always opposition when there's greatness in place. And I think that I felt like that opposition was me being wrong a lot of times. Mm. And so um, once I started seeing like, no, like you have good instincts and this is exactly what you faced as a child. Like people are just not used to experiencing people who are forward and and convicted and, do you know what I'm saying? Like, and and move in such a manner. Um, So yeah, I think self-discovery for me is constantly finding defining my voice since I've been finding, finding it. Um, and then, yeah, moving with conviction in a way that I'm like, Hey, even when I'm unsure, I'm sure, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, Yeah, I feel like that's where I am.
1: So that's what your journey has looked like. Um, what are some of the tools that you've really, that have really helped you along this journey?
0: Tools, like, like tangible things that I do or like practices or like, What, what are,
1: so what has that rediscovering your voice looked like? What processes have you used to rediscover your voice?
0: Um, for sure, my community. Mm-hmm. I think my community is like, like, my friends have become my family. And uh, something that I'm recently learning is that I constantly need reassurance. And so when I look at like my self-discovery journey, I've always had people in my corner who have reassured me um, and when I have less people in my corner that reassure me, I see where I'm like in shambles, mm-hmm. right? Like I need constant reassurance, mm-hmm. um, because I think that, no, I know that I'm a thought leader. So I'm doing things that people haven't done before. Um, especially things that women haven't done before, mm-hmm. especially things that black women haven't done before. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when I used to tour with, or, or, I used to tour with rock bands and I would be like, so I did Warp Tour one time. They have a crew of 1,000 people. And of that crew of 1,000 people, there were eight black people, right? Mm. Two of us were black women. You know what I'm saying? Like eight black people, two of us are black women out of a thousand. The one other black woman worked for an organization. So I was the only black woman on the tour, like in a leadership role. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that was the start of my journey. I think I was 22, 23. So that was like nine years ago. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think... I consistently find myself in places where people have never been, especially people like me have never been. Um, So I think that just the constant reassurance, like surrounding myself with a good community. Yeah. And praying a lot. Praying has become like my superpower, I would say. Mm. I think it's, (laughs) I think it's always been there, but I'm really discovering just how important it is because when I don't have a person to reassure me, I'm like, okay. Come on, Holy Spirit! Like mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I'm not here for no reason, and yeah. I know it's not an accident, you know. Yeah. And um, something like very recently that I started, like I recall all the time. I think it's because <sighs> I feel the tears about to come. <laughs> I feel like, man, I'm a perpetual crier, but my my grandmother just passed in um July, and she's my last grand, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. All four of my grandparents are gone now. My parents are older. They had us at an older age, which is mm-hmm. like another reason I've never felt like rushed to get married or anything like that. My mom lived a phenomenal life, became like a high-level executive and then got married and became a stay-at-home mom, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um but yes, yeah, so my grandmother passed and um all four of my great-grandparents were slaves, right? Mm. Um which is crazy, you know, people think that slavery is so far away. It's like, I knew all of my grandparents, all of their parents were slaves at one point, you know, so it's like most of them were emancipated between like the age of like nine and 15, Mm -hmm. but, or all of them were emancipated between those ages, but they still were definitely slaves as children, Mm -hmm. right? And then because of that, they were, you know, all of them went into indentured servitude. And then Mm -hmm. one of my, my, my grandmother who just passed her father, owned property they were super super duper poor but like they didn't get their full 30 acres and a mule but he got a little plot of land a cow and some chickens right Mm -hmm. so um I often think about the fact that my grandmothers were owned and Mm -hmm. I own things Mm -hmm. and that keeps me like when I am so discouraged that is a mechanism for me that I'm like sheesh yeah do you know what I'm saying like my great grandmothers were owned Mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying yeah which is crazy like I have a quilt from each of them um on my dad's side they were made of like the clothes my dad's and other cousins and stuff, they made them out of the clothes. And like, that's a trade that sh- they both learned on plantations mm. because like when clothes got ripped and stuff, it's like you make them into a quilt for, for the winter time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I own a, I literally own a blanket that was like the trade, like the craft was developed. It's not a, it, the blanket I have is not from mm-hmm. slavery, but the craft was developed during slave slavery. So I have two quilts and like, you know what I'm saying? And I drive a car that was paid for, by the fact that I own a business mm. that's crazy to me Yeah. so that's like part of my self-care regularly now it's just like remembering my people say ancestors like that was so like freaking far ago like no yeah. my ancestors like I like I touch them daily mm. you know what I'm saying yeah. so like that's one of them and then like I just recently got into like grounding techniques and breathing techniques mm-hmm. you know like we're doing yoga I started that and then restarted therapy and my therapist got me really deep into breath work she did a lot Mm -hmm. of her studying when she was in school on breath work and it's um been revolutionary for me like Mm -hmm. breathing techniques and grounding techniques I don't like all of them I think some of them are like ridiculous you know to (laughs) to each his own but but the ones that work for me really work for me Mm -hmm. it's crazy like I think about this, I told somebody this recently, like, breath is the first thing that God gave humanity, but we neglect it perpetually. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Mm. that we're constantly holding our breath and we're constantly, you know, like, we don't consider, like, when I tell people, I'm like, yo, breath work can help with anxiety. This is not some woo-woo, whatever. I'm like, yo, just, like, learning how to breathe well. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I'm telling you, like, breath is the first thing that God gave us. Mm. like. If we remember that and get back, I think getting back to, again, like going back to my ancestors, going back to my greats, my great-grands, like if we remember like where we came from, I think that like, that's such a like grounding technique in and of itself. Like breathe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like super helpful, but yeah, my community, yeah. my ancestors and breathing have definitely been like mechanisms mechanisms for me to like be where I am now.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that. How would you describe this phase of your journey
0: sheesh rough <laughs> rough uh ugly uh tumultuous uh difficult shitty like I mean I guess like that's the best way um depressing but necessary mm. you know like I feel like I would have never been the actual woman that I need to be had I not gone through last year Mm. and had I not if I were not going through what I'm going through right now. Mm. And I hate it. Like I'm telling you, I hate it. But uh, I work with uh, somebody in the jewelry business. Like so I'm a brand manager for. you know, a grill shop here mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Um, Well, not even a grill shop, a grill company, because we've got wholesalers all over the nation. Um, And so I've been learning about gold a lot because we are I've been encouraging him to own the full supply chain. We don't want to just own, like, the output. We want to own, like, every section of it. So there's two more sectors that we have to conquer. Um, so I've just been learning a lot about gold. So it's like, when purifying gold, you know, you just have to, like, it has to get super hot so you're basically Mm -hmm. burning the hell out of gold you make it so hot that it's just as viscous if i'm not mistaken it's more viscous than water when you heat it to its to its highest heat right Mm -hmm. so all of the impurities like rock is in it rock is what allows gold to survive inside of the earth right because it's like pushed up against stuff so it 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 combines with the earth so rock and gold together is what allows gold to survive but then when you get it you refine it you basically yeah burn everything out of it and then it's liquid you pour the liquid into a mold once gold is refined and purified it's the most malleable precious metal in the world right so it's like Yeah, so it's the most malleable precious precious metal in the world. It can be made into anything, right? But it only can do that once you burn out the rock. If you don't, when you try to bend gold, it'll break. And Mm -hmm. it's impure, right? So people don't want to buy impure gold. So I think about that, like, for my life. This is a refining process for Mm -hmm. me, right? Like, I have to be refined in that way. And I think that 2020 was definitely my refining period. Like, God was burning everything out of me absolutely that I was trying to hold on to mm-hmm. good, bad, or ugly. I'm like, but God, this helps me survive. And God, this, but God, no, 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 not that person. Like, no, mm-hmm. I need that. And he's like, cool. Do you want to be gold or do you want to be just gold with the rocks? That's really worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. which is not really gold. Yeah. They don't even consider that gold until it's like fully purified, right? Mm-hmm. Can't even sell it on the market. So I and realizing that right now I'm going through like my phase where he's like molding me. Right. Mm. So I'm like, he had to burn everything out of me so that I'm malleable. So now he's like fixing my posture. Mm. So like, I hate it, but I'm no longer as rigid and hard. Like I was when I had all the earth inside of me. And so Mm. I, I hate this period, but I'm so grateful for it because I know that I am a precious metal. You know what I'm saying? And if you think about like the book of Proverbs, like, God doesn't equate us to diamonds. Mm. He equates us to gold.
1: Yeah. You know
0: what I'm saying? And and I never thought about that because we put this such value on diamonds, but it's like diamonds can only be diamonds or smaller diamonds. Gold can be anything. Gold can be put in your mouth to fill a cavity. Gold can be made into a necklace. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Gold can be uh, put on uh, a joint of your bone to create a a socket. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Gold can be added to a microphone. Gold can be eaten because there's edible gold. Mm -hmm. Gold can do anything. I want to be gold. I don't want to be a diamond. I mean, F <laughs> a diamond, you know what I'm saying? And then, and then you lose a diamond, like, that's yeah, it. It's like, yeah, there's nothing yeah, else yeah, to do. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah I want to be gold. Yeah, I love that.
1: I love that. So, ooh, that was a word. <laughs> that was a word. You speak it, Aaron. Goodness gracious. So along this journey, where yeah. you're being refined and things are being pulled out of you, what have you discovered? What is the most interesting thing you've discovered about yourself during this refining process?
0: Oh, most interesting thing that I have discovered. I think I've discovered that there's so much more of me to discover, Mm. you know? uh, I think everybody says that like, Oh yeah. Like, I think I've always known that there's more about me to learn, but yeah, I've learned a lot about myself. And I think that that's something, um, as a seven on the Enneagram, I'm always just excited to learn new things and discover things. So I think for myself, that's been the most interesting. I think I've discovered how like deep my hurt goes, mm-hmm. um, how much of a feeler I am, mm-hmm. you know, um, how much capacity I have to love people, um, even if they don't love me back, um, and then how engaged I am with um, what I really care about you know yeah. even to a fault and I think like in discovering those things it's allowed me to like walk more boldly towards my healing because I know more about myself and what affects me so yeah I think yeah just knowing that there's so much more of me to discover
1: yeah yeah So the last question I'm going to ask you comes from a game called We're Not Really Strangers, Mm -hmm. which you are very familiar with because you play it with me all the time, which I appreciate you. (laughs) Uh, So the question I have for you from that game is, is there a
0: feeling you miss? Yes. I miss the feeling of thinking I was complete. Mm -hmm. You know, um, more and more I'm recognizing that I'm on the journey to being whole. But the facade of completeness, um, I miss. I miss feeling like everything, um, even in the midst of terrible things, was going good because, like, I at least had my core people. I, I was moving towards my goals, you know. And that's all that matters to me. Do, do I have my, a good community And am I moving towards my goals right so in achieving goals and then having goals the ability to achieve goals removed from you so both of them you know like hitting things that I never thought I would hit so fast and then having things removed from me that I can't do any further like you know with COVID that's part of it but then also like part of my core being removed, like as far as friendships and friend base goes, like people that I thought would never leave or like, um, even just my grandmother passing. I never realized how much that was going to affect me because she's the last person that reaches further than my mother now, you know? Um, and I don't have a great relationship with my father. So it's just really hard for me to reckon with a sense of like, Like all of those things. So so the whole world went to hell last year, right? Mm -hmm. You know, for everybody. And I was like, cool, to be honest. I'm like, I'm a perpetual pivoter, you know? Like I almost enjoy it because sports, I'm a seven, I'm competitive, you know? Um, So yeah, I lost crazy money at the beginning, but I was super relieved I could breathe because my schedule was already way more packed than I could like, I knew what I was doing till like June 30th on January 1st and Mm. it was like I was suffocating under that again Mm. as a 7 like please don't structure my life that hard you (laughs) know what I'm saying but I had all these tours I had festivals I had all of this stuff going on and it was really unhealthy so I think like the removal of that gave me a break for a second and I was like cool but then realizing that this was going to be the new normal shortly after I was like okay like I have to recalibrate everything so I think that In a moment, I I thought that it was going to just take a a few months. We'll figure it out. I'll start something new. We'll be good. Man, a year later, almost, sheesh, and I'm sitting here like I really felt complete to a degree. Mm. Not that I didn't want more things. Not that everything was going perfectly. Not that I didn't have sorrow and heartache. Not that I wasn't even going through depression back then. But now, I think I have... Fully come to the realization that I'm so unwhole, mm. you know, and I miss almost the um, ignorance. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's yeah. weird because I feel like people don't talk about this, yeah. but like I miss the ignorance of. Of not fully discovering myself. I miss the ignorance of not, uh, of the, of the blind spots that I had Mm -hmm. in my character, in my personal development, in my maturity, because that was blissful. Mm -hmm. Like being here now sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And anybody who says anything different, you like self-discovery is such a lonely journey because you (laughs) have to do it by yourself. Yeah. You know, and it's like, even when you're talking to people about it. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. But there's like three type of people in the world. There's people completely oblivious to the self-discovery journey. Four people, I think. Completely oblivious. I have plenty of those people in my life. I don't talk to them about any of this shit because it's like, <laughs> like it's like talking to a wall, right? Yeah. They're like, what is Aaron babbling on and yeah. on about? Yeah. Why is she crying again? Yeah. Like, what? And then there's like, People who have just started and just feel like they're so enlightened, they're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> my self care Saturdays uh-huh, and like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm having so many aha moments." Uh-huh. And I just read the Four Agreements. It's like, yeah. bitch, shut up! <laughs> like you don't even understand. And you then, have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Yes. Then there's people like you and me who are Mm -hmm. like, this shit sucks. (laughs) Like We're here. I hate it. Uh But we can't help each other because we're just here in here. Right. And then there's that fourth that I can't wait to be that beautiful, sagely person who Mm -hmm. has not arrived, but has been in the journey and has doubled down on continuing the journey Mm -hmm. and has found a rhythm within the self-discovery journey. That's like, hey, I see you. Mm -hmm. I understand this is terrible, but you and everybody around you will be better for you going through this. That's what I cling to. And it's only, here's the thing. I don't know anybody like that personally Mm -hmm. because all of my friends are either in process or just starting right but most of my friends are in process I just have to be around people who are like living through this with you right Mm -hmm. now and I just think that that's the nature of the beast you are who you attract right Mm -hmm. so it's like I have attracted people who want to grow and you have too and that's like where we're at but I see people online or I occasionally will meet them in the nature of the business that I'm in who are like hey you're okay you know? And that's like, man, I, I want to be that for other people. And I think that I can be for some of my friends at the beginning of their journey, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But I just want to be that like well-seasoned woman in process, you know, like I, I'm so grateful that I'm where I'm at right now, but I feel like, yeah, like, (laughs) The joy that I expect to receive when I'm a little bit further along, and I and I know that life is always whatever, and I'm not ex- I'm not saying that I haven't found some joy now. I just started finding joy like a couple weeks ago because it's been rough. But yeah. I I want to be more settled in the discovery point, you know, mm-hmm. and more settled in the journey, you know, and like and it become a rhythm and not just a disruption, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. This has been amazing. Can you tell the people how to keep up with
0: you? Dope. Okay, yeah. You can um, follow me at the Aaron Affect on all socials. So that's Aaron with two Ns, so E R I N N, and A F F E C T. I know grammatically it's effect, (laughs) but this is art. And I don't care if Shakespeare could make his own words. I can say the Aaron effect because I like the acronym of T, T-E-A, because I think Uh. I'm T. You know what I'm saying? I'm like sweet tea. I come in, I make your life a little bit sweeter. I give yeah. you some energy. I'm just getting I'm that. I'm a bright spot for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so just getting like, that. LOL. Yeah. When people tell me that I have it grammatically wrong, I'm like, no, I'm actually great yeah. at English. But yeah. English is a made up language, so I can do whatever I want. That you know? is true. Yeah, that is true. Well, thank you so much
1: for being here, Erin. Definitely, uh, I think all of us have taken lots and lots and lots of nuggets that we can apply to our self-discovery journey. So thank you for your time and for using your voice. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Known Podcast Season 2. I hope you walked away from this episode feeling encouraged to either begin or to continue your journey to the destination we call known. If you enjoyed this episode, if you feel like you grew as a result, we'd love to hear about it. You can leave us a review on Apple Music or Spotify. Or if you want to connect with us directly, you can follow us on Instagram at The Known Podcast. You can follow me, your host, at TheMiaDarling on Instagram as well. I'm so grateful that this amazing Black woman decided to share her story with us. And I hope that you are empowered and inspired to share your story too. Let's all keep sharing our stories as we walk this path to the destination we
0: call known. See you next time.